Welcome to the first episode of Spontaneous Instruction. I'm Wendy Tenego, and I'd like to start this podcast with my backstory. I started teaching English to adults when I was already a full-time mom in Chicago. I had a one-year-old at home during the day, and I was teaching two evenings a week and Saturday mornings. I was teaching in a private English school geared toward immigrant adults, and I had zero supervision. Anything and everything I did in the classroom was entirely up to me. Now at first, this was a dream job for me because I really hate being supervised. I would much rather work on my own behind the scenes, quietly implementing my own ideas without criticism, constructive or otherwise. But then I started to wonder about my effectiveness. I was just a tired mom running a class for adults who spoke languages I was completely unfamiliar with and not getting any guidance from my employer. But my interest was piqued. As my little one got bigger, I decided to go for a master's degree in applied linguistics and make this my career. During my two-year master's program, I had another kid. I got very good at studying outlines while pushing a stroller through the neighborhood. I loved my outlines, which surprised me. See, I hated outlines when I was in high school and college. I was much better at writing on the fly and making things up as I went. I didn't see the point of structured outlines if I was just going to change them. But in grad school, I was faced with comprehensive exams for the first time and I realized I needed the structure of an outline in order to make sense of two years worth of information. And it's much easier to walk a baby through the city when you're just looking at bullet points of an outline than when you've got your nose buried in the dense paragraphs of a linguistics book. Anyway, just after getting my degree, I landed two teaching positions at local universities in the English language learning programs. Talk about structure. I had supervisors who observed my teaching and evaluated me. I had curricula to follow. I had assessment scores to report. It was actually a great context to grow in and to see the theories I'd learned about actually playing out in a classroom. And student attendance was much more consistent, which meant I could continue a lesson from a previous class and be confident that my students were all on track. But this structure came with the burden of two major time sucks, planning lessons and grading papers. I was a mom of two, remember. And on top of that, I'd also started volunteering a couple evenings a week at a local immigrant center, teaching English for the citizenship test, which was another unstructured situation. Now, just about the time I was feeling overwhelmed, my husband got a job overseas and we moved halfway around the world. And I had another baby. But I still had the teaching bug. I just knew I couldn't handle getting a job in an English school with three kids while adjusting to life in a developing country. So I did what I do best. I gathered other moms at the international school where my kids attend and I started chatting with them. This turned into an English conversation class two mornings a week. The school even gave me a classroom. So now I have a room, I have a whiteboard, I have access to a photocopier, and I'm never quite sure who's going to make it to class. There are actually tons of activities you can have in your back pocket for a first class, but the most important thing to remember, in my view, is to make your students feel comfortable and confident. Establishing the learning space as a safe environment is key when you're starting a new class or program. This is especially true for mixed-level classes. 
So if you find a good starting activity online, just make sure it can apply to the extroverts and the introverts, the risk takers and the risk averse. The easiest way to tweak an activity to ensure everyone's comfort is actually not a tweak at all, but an educational best practice that adult instructors may tend to forget, given that our students are fully grown and developed individuals. And that is the practice of modeling everything first. It's not an insult to anyone's intelligence to give directions and then demonstrate what you're looking for before asking others to follow. And you should never ask your students to participate in an activity that you would be unwilling to participate in yourself. In my classroom, whenever I ask questions for group discussion, I answer first. Now at first, I felt like I was intruding on their discussion space and not giving time for students to think of a response. But now I understand that they usually prefer to have an example first, so they feel confident that they're answering in an appropriate manner. I love teaching people English because really what I love to do is help people feel confident and connected. But I often feel like I'm not a quote-unquote real teacher because I don't create lesson plans and my classes often end up far from where I imagine them going when I planned the night before. I wonder, do other English instructors feel this way? Or teachers in general? Do some of you find yourselves googling English lessons with no preparation or last-minute lesson plans? Because I do all the time. So I started this podcast because I feel like this is what I have to offer. My experience is creating good language learning moments out of thin air. But keep in mind, everything I do is based on theories of language learning and best practices for meaningful instruction. In the following episodes, I'll share activities I've used and the reasoning behind those activities. And I really hope this podcast helps you feel more confident and connected as a teacher or a discussion facilitator. Feel free to leave me a voice message on the Anchor app and let me know your own needs as a teacher or tutor, or ask me anything about my own experience. So next I'll share an activity I used for the first class after a holiday break, when I didn't know who would be coming or where we would meet. With spontaneous instruction, you can have a great first class without the stress of planning for the unknowns. So the other day I had my first class after a month off for the holidays. I wasn't sure who would make it to class. I ended up with, I think, five or six people. We all basically knew each other already, except for one new woman who just moved to our area. I wanted to catch up with everyone and allow them to ease into English conversation again, since most of them had returned to their home countries for the break and weren't practicing English. And I also wanted to give them a chance to talk about something they'd experienced recently, had some feelings about, and wanted other people to know about. So we did a Jeopardy-style activity, and by that I just mean one person gives an answer and others have to think of the question. But we did it without the game show competitiveness. I asked them each to think of three words that had something to do with their holiday break. One had to be a noun, one had to be a verb, and one an adjective. Then one by one, we would say one of our words, and everyone else listening had to ask a question to get more information about the word. So before we began, I did a very brief review of our question words. You know, the reporter questions like who, what, when, where, why, and how. 
and some appropriate responses like that sounds nice or wow that sounds amazing. So I went first and my example was orchids and I asked the question right away what are orchids? Now first of all this was to relieve any embarrassment that anyone might have about not already knowing what orchids are and not wanting to be the only ones asking that question but it also gave me a chance to try some descriptive words and even show some photos. And then they started asking me questions using the question words we had reviewed. Where did you see orchids? Why do you like orchids? And in case you're wondering too, I chose orchids because over the New Year holiday I visited Singapore's National Orchid Garden. So I took a familiar activity where you give an answer and others provide the right questions, but I focused it on a comfortable personal topic and I also focused it on two language points specifically question word order, and parts of speech. Now I'd wanted the students to practice their responses as well, but it was immediately clear that I'd given them too many instructions and things to think about, so I scrapped the responses bit. I was actually surprised by how many questions, how many thoughtful questions people came up with for this activity. And it really got my quieter students talking a lot which is great for the first day. So everyone can hear each other's voices and get to know who they are as students, as language learners. Now, the second day I tried this activity, I had a completely different class. Two days later, I had an entirely different group of students show up for class, so I decided to repeat that same activity. But this time, it didn't really generate as much discussion as with the first group. And this was because the fallback question they invariably used after hearing one person's word of choice was the question, why did you choose that word? Which elicited all the information needed and didn't really allow us to dig deeper and practice different question words. But I went with it. I went with where the students were at. And instead, we were able to practice the responses a little bit more that I wasn't able to practice with the first group. Another good first day activity is what we call the hot seat, which is basically where one person sits at the head of the table or in the center of a circle, and everyone gets to ask them questions that they have to answer truthfully. But if I do this activity, I always go first, and I try to get everyone feeling comfortable, maybe laughing, but you really need to gauge the comfort level of the class before doing this activity. You could always focus it on a particular topic that's safe, like foods or animals, and to alleviate anxiety even further and put more focus on listening, you could have everyone asking questions turn around so no one can see the person in the hot seat. Then you have to really speak clearly and listen carefully. One more common activity for a first class is to pair everyone up and give them questions to ask each other. And then they have to introduce each other to the class and report the answers. This way, no one's talking about themselves in front of the large group, and they're usually much more focused on getting their partner's information correct than on being embarrassed.
to reiterate, the first class should be about setting the tone and establishing a safe community. Students also need to see you as a trustworthy companion on their learning journey. So if all else fails on the first day, you can always just talk about yourself and your own learning processes, so they know you are a learner too. If you want additional language focus, you can give short sentences about yourself and ask them to write them down in a dictation activity focused on accuracy. Afterwards, or in the next class, they can prepare sentences about themselves and read them aloud for a partner to write down, and then eventually they can share in the larger group. I hope this gives you some basic ideas for starting off on the right foot. Stay tuned for the next episode when I'll talk about how to literally use what's in your back pocket, or briefcase, or carry-all, to generate a super fun activity that gets everyone engaged and creates a language lesson they won't forget. Thanks for listening.